ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. Even if Facebook tries to get rid of us. And now your host, Max McGuire. So they did try and get rid of us. Welcome back. Second hour of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, they did try and get rid of us. They just went down to one. We had one viewer, which is me. I was watching myself. And now we're starting to tick up more. But they did try and take us what's, what's apparently being called the Content Protection Enforcement Team claims that we had one minute and four seconds of video that we do not own the rights to. Yeah, but everything here is fair use. We're, we're playing television footage and we're reacting to it. That's literally the definition of fair use. Um, that's what they do. That's what, that's what these media companies do. That's what Facebook does. So hopefully we're back. If we're not, it's as good a time as any to remind everyone, make sure you join up with our text alert system. Text the word freedom to 89517. You'll get a text message every day right before, right as we start with the links for that day's episodes. Um, or you can just bookmark them, them yourself. The, the DLive one is always static. Twitch is always static. And our Facebook page and conservative-daily.com, you can always find it there as well. Um, but right right as we were ending, right as we were ending, I, I sorry, I got a little distracted by that because I just saw everyone just disappeared <laughs> on Facebook. If an American wants to go to Afghanistan, the government knows about it. Unless they're being like smuggled in shipping containers, right? And taking the slow boat there and riding by donkey over the mountaintops. The American government knows that they're there. You can't just buy a plane ticket to Afghanistan and all of our intelligence agencies not know about it. So they do know. They might not know where exactly they are, but we know that you're there. So this whole, they're hiding. They're hiding behind this. Oh, well, they didn't give us their email. They didn't give us their email. We know the Americans are, are working with doctors uh, without borders. We know that they're there, but they didn't give us their email. So we have no obligation to save them. No obligation to save them. <laughs> this, this is your, this is your pres president. This is your government. Complete incompetence. Complete and utter incompetence. And as we just talked about in the last bit, the SecDef quite literally saying he needs a safe space to process all this. Un unbelievable. So we've heard a few people from the Biden administration saying that they've secured the airport. Joe Biden declared victory and said, we couldn't have done it better. We secured the airport. We're going to show you a couple videos of what it looks outside the airport. These are new videos, new videos making the rounds today, last night. <sighs> this is unbelievable. So yesterday we talked about how the military was reportedly working with the Taliban to help have the Taliban disperse the crowds around the airport. We showed you the video of, of people trying to get through the gates. It was just a sea of people trying to get through the gates. Well, they're not apparent. Apparently, they, they've recognized that it's not good to have encouraged the Taliban to go around whipping people. So instead, now you have American troops firing tear gas at the people outside the airport. So let's recap again. U.S. government says, come to the airport, says we cannot keep you safe on the way to the airport, but once you get here, we've secured the airport and we will keep you safe and we will evacuate. So most Americans are hiding, but the Americans that do brave it, get to the airport, are in that sea of people around the gate, and the American military fires tear gas at them. Yeah, gotta go out on a limb and say that this could be done better, Joe Biden. This is not the gold standard way to evacuate a country. This is, this is the clip I'm talking about. Let's play cut number 13. What did I 
guys. Does that look secure? Does that look like we're, they're letting people in? No, they're not. And listen, I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand that you need to secure the airport. It might be time you have to, you have to deploy some non-lethals or even some lethals to disperse the crowd. But it just seems so strange to encourage people to come and then without any attempt to figure out who those people are in the crowd, start lobbing tear gas and, 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 uh, and flashbangs at them. It, it's... It's just too crazy. You can't make this up. And that's what I, I, I keep waiting for. I keep waiting for someone to pop out and say, oh, this is a joke. We all, we've actually had everything covered. It's been running amazingly. We've just been feeding you all this, this nonsense as a joke. But no, it's, it's not a joke. What we're seeing here is quite literally the collapse of an empire. Like how can you have an American empire if this is what your military response looks like. How? And as, as we said in the first hour, Donald Trump had a whole setup to prepare for this. Put up again image number five for everyone coming in late. Image number five, Donald Trump set up the Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau specifically to react to collapses like this, attacks on our embassy, the need to quickly evacuate peoples to make sure there was never another Benghazi. So we could actually have a fast reactionary force to get people out. And Joe Biden's Deputy Secretary, Brian P. McKeon, he discontinued and terminated the Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau. And now we got this. So again, Joe Biden says they're doing the best they can. Technically true, because they just abolished the very system in place to actually succeed in doing this. So skipped over a couple of us. We talked about the British. We talked about the British and how they're actually going into Kabul and, and rescuing their citizens. There are a couple of, uh, uh, lots of articles in the British press that are doing a really deep dive into just how disastrous Joe Biden has been. And I, I want to read a couple of these little snippets. Put up image number two, Mr. Producer. These are two different sections from different articles being published in the British press. This is, this is being circulated on social media as the astonishing line one and two. First one, Swinford reports senior military commanders have also not been party to key discussions between the U.S. and the Taliban, so we're left in the dark about when they could be forced to pull out. Playbook can confirm this is correct. A government official says the U.S. did not communicate to the U.K. how it planned to withdraw, nor the pace of its withdrawal. This failure to work with a key ally goes some way to explain the British anger towards Biden administration over the last couple of days. An astonishing line number two from the British press, The Telegraph's Ben Riley Smith reports Biden ignored Boris Johnson's attempts to get him on the phone. He says the PM requested a call with the president on Monday morning. It didn't take place until 10 p.m. on Tuesday as the president went to ground and left his NATO allies in the dark. So that has led to what is the craziest headline I think we'll ever see from British press. And the British press write good headlines. This isn't snarky. It's, it's not a, a joke. I just never thought you'd see this. Put up image number three, Mr. Producer. Image number three, the United Kingdom Parliament has held President Joe Biden in contempt. Think about that. Just think about that. Our close ally, right? The United Kingdom, Great Britain, England, 
whatever word you want to use to describe it, their parliament has held President Joe Biden in contempt on the day. I'll put that back on. I'm going to read a little bit of it. On the day when Westminster found its full voice again, MPs and peers unite to con condemn the dishonor of Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan and his criticism of the troops le he left behind to face the Taliban. Wow. Wow. That is what alliances look like under Joe Biden, which let's just do a real quick rewind. This is what we were promised. Let's play cut A, cut alpha. We all understand the world is watching, watching all of us today. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead. Yeah, how, how, it, how it was going and how it is, very different. Very different. We, are, we will rebuild our alliances and reconnect with the world. Again, we just read two little snippets from British press where the, the British couldn't get a hold of, the, of Joe Biden or anyone in the administration to tell them what was going on. And now he's rebuilt the alliance so well that the UK parliament has now held him, Joe Biden, in contempt. And Donald Trump is, is getting in on the, on the British scene. Let's go ahead and put up image number four. Image number four, Trump. This is a press release from Trump. One, one sentence. Statement from Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. This could be, Afghanistan, another Dunkirk situation. Now, he was getting blasted on social media. I think um, he didn't deserve it. Dunkirk, I'm, I'm, I'm sure people have seen the movie. They just came out with a movie a couple years ago. Dunkirk was almost a disaster. In Dunkirk, the pretty much entire British army had been pushed up to the beach right, right against the, the English Channel by the Nazis. The Nazis had successfully, they were about to push the British army into the sea. And by that, I mean, they were going to kill and capture them all. World War II probably would have been lost. It was a disaster. And the British had no idea at first how to save them. They had no plan in their, in their, in their playbook for how to rescue their entire army from the beaches of, of Europe. They had, no, they had no idea how to do it. And they actually were going to leave them there. This is basically nothing they could do. Then at the 11th hour, what you had in Dunkirk was you had civilians, civilian um, boat owners, merchant marines, whatever you call them, civilians took their own private boats, sailed across the English Channel, and picked up the soldiers that the, that the British government couldn't actually figure out how to save. So had it not been for civilians, Dunkirk would have been a disaster. The British army would have been captured or destroyed, and World War II would have been lost. So everyone on all left leftists on social media were like, oh, Dunkirk was successful. What's he talking about? No, what he's talking about was the government's complete inability 
to, to manage a rescue of that size to the point where they relied on civilians. Like imagine if right now, if Joe Biden said, okay, we don't have enough planes. So every American who owns a plane, we need you to fly to Afghanistan, pick up as many people as you can and fly them back. That would be the Dunkirk equivalent here. Now imagine if Joe Biden said that and then said, oh, I claim victory. It doesn't work that way, right? If you, if you need civilian boat owners or plane owners to do the job the government and the military should be doing, you don't get to claim victory. You get to say, wow, we, we, we really got saved there. We really avoided catastrophe, but it's not a victory by any means. No, Dunkirk, <laughs> Afghanistan is Joe Biden's Dunkirk. The only difference is he doesn't have a plan to pull out at the 11th hour. He doesn't have a bunch of boats that can sail across the English Channel and save everyone. He won't even let, allow the military to leave the airport. Yes. Yes. This is this is his Dunkirk. Absolutely. Except it's not gonna it's not gonna be a happy ending in the end. So we showed you the tear gas. I want to show you the other scene, another scene from outside the airport. And I want you to ask yourself, how is an American citizen supposed to get through this? Watch that this is happening right outside the airport and ask yourself how an American citizen is supposed to make their way through this and to the airport, even if the American soldiers were to let them in. How do they get through this? Let's play cut 14. How do you get through that? <laughs> oh yeah, we can't protect you on your way to the airport. And you just saw that one Biden official say, we, we, have it on, we have it on good belief that the Taliban has opened up safe passage for Americans. Meanwhile, gunfire, people hiding in ditches. And then Joe Biden saying, couldn't have done it better. Couldn't have done it better. We could do it again and do it the same exact way. It's, <laughs> how can you say that with a straight face? Like, we know that politicians are liars. We know that. We know that many of them are, are, are quite soulless. They don't actually care about their constituents. They care about themselves, their own political careers, their own political advancement. I get that. I just don't understand how anyone can be so sociopathic that they can look into a camera and say, we're doing such a good job, I wouldn't have changed a thing. And realize this, this is the stuff we're getting. I fully expect that the United States government has much better intelligence. They, have, they, they should have, unless the Taliban's captured all, they should have drones. They might not be armed because don't want to don't want to arm the drones, according to Biden. They might not be armed, but they, they should have better intelligence than us. So for Joe Biden and all these other people to go out there and look the American people in the eye and saying we're doing such a good job, we, we this is victory. Could have done a better job. And, and anything that we did wrong, it's Trump's fault. That's why the media is turning on them. The media is turning on them because after four years of just BS. I don't think that they can take it anymore. I don't think they can take it. We'll see. We will see. So that's what's happening. And this is the other thing I, I alluded to earlier in the show. The Taliban are outside the airport literally whipping people. Whipping people, like with a bullwhip, like you'd use at a circus if you were training a lion. They're whipping people. Play this cut 15. <laughs> 
غيرت ما غيرت Oh, yeah, no, come to the airport. Doors are closed, and you'll get to gather with the Taliban. They'll probably whip you, maybe shoot you, beat you with a club. And these are the men that Joe Biden is now caving to. These are the men that the SecDef was speechless when asked, so we're relying on their diplomacy. Best fighting force the world has ever seen. Most powerful military the world has ever seen. And some goat herders with whips and rusty 50-year-old AKs. And now a bunch of American weapons. They're now running the show while American soldiers are stuck in the airport. So we reported yesterday, we reported yesterday that the, the Taliban had actually gotten some Blackhawks airborne. Unfortunately, it's worse than that. Unfortunately, it's worse than that. Put up uh, image number six. Image number six. It's worse than that. The Taliban have now gotten stealth helicopters airborne. That's not American flying that. That is a Taliban Afghan pilot. Those are stealth helicopters. Now, how, how, how stealthy can a helicopter be? Apparently, it's not as loud as other ones, but also it doesn't have as big of a radar signature as very proprietary classified paneling to uh to stop radar from from signaling that they're there it's it's the helicopter that they used to tr to go after bin laden and when one of them crashed they had to destroy it because if if the chinese or the russians got it intact all of a sudden they know how to make a helicopter that can just disappear off of radar so now the taliban have gotten these helicopters stealth helicopters airborne if you want to see just what they look like put up image number seven mr producer the <laughs> This is a picture of them. Image number seven, stealth helicopter. Taliban now has them. Sven saying that's not stealth. Okay, Sven, that's nice. That's good to hear because the entire media is reporting that as being a stealth helicopter, but that's good. That's good. They have gotten it airborne. They're airborne. It's a stealth mod. They've got them airborne. And unlike some of the old helicopters, those are relatively new. So yeah, it's still going to be expensive. It's still going to be expensive to keep them up and running with, with parts and whatnot. But you're not talking about trying to get some, some goat herder to keep a, a Chinook up in the air that's 30 years old, right? It, it, it's a little bit newer. They're not exactly needing to replace parts every week. You know, they, they've now gotten them airborne. So thanks, Joe Biden. Really do appreciate that. Such a good job. It wouldn't change a thing. He wouldn't change a thing. Unbelievable. So here's another Biden spokesperson. Ned Price. Actually admitting that the Taliban doesn't care about what Joe Biden says. Let's play cut 16. Sharia law. The United States or the international 
community, aside from dangling the, the aid um, issue out there, which I know we've talked about the Taliban once, it may, they may end up not really caring at the end of the day. And so how can all of these um, aspirations be enforced? They, they may not care about these ephemeral concepts like legitimacy and recognition. If they haven't in the past. Uh, their, their past behavior suggests that, correct. Uh, what, so there's not a whole lot of confidence that what, they won't change what, their... But what this does, this has... Pre the, the, question, the question was not about the airport, Rich. I'm happy to talk about the airport. I am answering the question that was asked of me. If you would like to go to another topic, we certainly can. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care about what Joe Biden says. Why would they care? Unbelievable. Really is unbelievable. No, we have to believe it. Because it's 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 rolling out right in front of us. But again, I'll say it again. Wouldn't do it any other way. The perfect withdrawal. And here, a shocking moment of honesty from CNN. Shocking moment of honesty from CNN. A CNN reporter admitting that this is a complete abysmal failure. You don't hear that often from CNN about Joe Biden. Let's play cut 17. Is the panic... The lack of clear information, the rumor mill is in overdrive, there's hysteria. You have Taliban fighters with whips, with guns. You have U.S. and U.K. soldiers who are not allowing people in. You have mixed messaging coming through about what kind of paperwork you need and how you can get on flight and where you can go. I mean, it is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? If this isn't failure, what does failure look like? It's a good question. A question that I don't anticipate the Biden administration will answer, but it is a good question nonetheless. Pretty, listen, we're never going to, I pray that we never live through another moment like this. Though this is not something that empires typically get do-overs on. Empires don't typically get do-overs on losing wars like this, being run out of the country, collapses like this. We'll see. America got do-over with Vietnam. We will certainly have to wait and see. Now, I was tempted to cut this up. I was. But I want to play this in its entirety because Ron DeSantis was on Hannity last night and he took Joe Biden to task. And I want to play it in its entirety. So it's about four-ish minutes, but every second of it's worth it. So let's listen to DeSantis. And if, if you don't think he, if you didn't think he's running for president, he certainly is now. Let's play cut 18. This is DeSantis taking Biden to task. With reaction, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor, I want to go over. Uh, you served our nation in the military. You were with. You served in the prestigious Navy JAG Corps as a prosecutor. Deployed in Iraq with SEAL Team One during the 2007 surge. Uh, served as a SEAL commander in Fallujah. Uh, you served as uh, for work for the commander at Gitmo. Um, your military background is extensive. I'll get to the attack by Biden in a second. What's your assessment? 
I don't see, you know, when they took 20% of Afghanistan, why didn't they act? Or 30% or 40% or 50%? How did he stay on vacation as Kabul was falling before the world's eyes? Can you explain that? Because I can't. Well, he's asleep at the switch, Sean. And first, let me say, I mean, obviously, after 9-11, we needed to go in and rout the Taliban and al-Qaeda. Uh, but I think, in hindsight, we, we should have come home after that. I think trying to do the democracy and all that, um, I think, has been very problematic. Now, having said that, uh, and I think Trump was right to say we needed to come home from Afghanistan, how you do that matters. When you're leaving thousands of Americans to fend for themselves behind enemy lines, that matters. When you're leaving billions of dollars in military equipment for our enemies to just take that matters it's going to make that area a disaster obviously americans are at risk and sean you know who's looking at this china russia north korea all of our adversaries are taking the measure of joe biden and they see that this is not somebody who's capable of leading uh with conviction and and leading on the world stage so they are going to do everything they can as long as he's president, to take advantage of that. And I think we're in for a rocky three and a half years as long as he's president. I, I, I don't know how we get every American out of there safely. Um, there was one big part of the president's message, and this is the call that I keep referring to, confirmed on this program last night by Mark Meadows, the chief of staff. Donald Trump was very clear with the Taliban. If you step out of line one time, I will obliterate you. There would be no waiting it would happen immediately and expeditiously. That was missing as 10%, 20%, 40%, 60%, 70% of the country was taken over by the Taliban. Joe Biden didn't lift a finger, Governor. How do you not react when it's happening before your eyes? Well, not only that, he was on vacation. They had to ply him off of vacation to give a kind of a, a half-cocked statement on camera that he said wasn't taking questions. Then he goes back on vacation, and he is obsessed. While you have all the stuff going on with Afghanistan, obviously all the stuff at the southern border, which you and I have talked about, one of the biggest border disasters in the history of our country, inflation, gas prices. And what does he do? He is obsessed with having the government force kindergartners to wear masks all day in school. In Florida, we believe that that's the parents' decision. Joe Biden thinks the federal government should come in and overrule the parents and force these young kids to wear these masks. And you gotta wonder, where are your priorities that you're so obsessed with this issue and so obsessed with taking away parents' rights and you're letting Afghanistan burn, our border burn, and so many other things in our country fall to pieces? But you know, when COVID first hit, uh, you were regularly on this show, on my radio show, often, as a matter of fact, you mobilized every single state agency to protect the very large elderly population that you had in Florida. For example, you never sent uh, COVID patients to nursing homes or the villages or any, any communities uh, where people were older and more vulnerable. Now you've done something. Now that the CDC has said in no uncertain terms, even fully vaccinated people, uh, the vaccine will not prevent you from getting COVID. You have now done something that I think is quite innovative, and that is you have now institutionalized and mobilized your state once again to build these these monocolonial antibody centers, Regeneron centers, Eli Lilly centers. Uh, so when people that are fully vaccinated or not all right, so it goes on a little bit, but the part going after Biden, 
Excellent. Excellent stuff. New um, statements out of the Pentagon from their spokesperson. Of the 2,000 people who have been evacuated from Afghanistan in the last 24 hours, nearly, near quote, nearly 300 of them were Americans, end quote. Nearly 300 of them. So when we heard Joe Biden saying they're getting thousands, they're getting thousands out a day? No, they're getting, they're getting thousands of Afghans out a day, not getting thousands of Americans. Even after this last week of ramping up, still it's only 300, n- nearly 300 Americans out in the last 24 hours. Thanks, Biden. Thanks. I'll tell you, you won't have to wait that long for a medevac if you sign up with Air Med Care Network, sponsor of our show. This is a great week for Air Med Care Network. Great week of segues. Unlike Joe Biden, they have a plan to help you should you need to be medevaced by helicopter. And it's a very affordable plan. Unlike the military, which spends all that money on equipment and then is apparently not allowed to use it. With Air Med Care Network, it costs just $85. And it'll cover your entire household should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. And as long as you're flown by an AMCM provider and they have a whole portal where you can put your zip code in to make sure you're covered. I still haven't found a zip code yet where you're not covered. As long as you're flown by an AMCM provider and they fly over 100,000 patients a year, you won't pay one cent for the flight. Without this kind of coverage, a medical emergency air transportation flight, upwards of 60 grand. But with Airmed Care Network, it starts at just $85. So you're going to want to go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And then as a bonus, when you use promo code daily, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So maybe we'll come back to oh, one, one more one more bit. We're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit here. One more bit. I want to put up image number eight. These are billboards that have started going up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Go to image eight. <laughs> Joe Biden. This is real. Joe Biden eating ice cream with the helicopter. And then Joe Biden peering out of a window. Now, the media is reporting that this is happening. These look a little bit superimposed, these pictures. Uh, maybe they did that just because they can't actually get a picture that, that looks good from the sign. But media is reporting that these, I, I guess, have been hacked. I don't even know. I guess you can hack. You can hack anything that's electronic. But they're now putting these kinds of pictures up on billboards in North Carolina. We can take that down. Just thought that was interesting. Let's take a step away from the Afghanistan for a bit. Just because I think I'm going to pull my hair out if I, if I have to talk about it anymore. Not because I'm tired of talking about it but because it's just so infuriating to watch so many people claim, who claim to be experts just fail the American people. This was a really interesting segment on Tucker. I think we mentioned it last week briefly about Ilhan Omar, which interestingly enough, apparently, and I haven't confirmed this, so it might have been fake. Apparently there are Taliban spokespeople who follow Ilhan, Ilhan Omar on Twitter. That might have been a Photoshop, but I found that Kind of funny. Ilhan Omar has now been confirmed to have married her brother, her biological brother, a man that we know took advantage of that marriage to enter the United States, to go to school in the United States. This is criminal. 
It's not just marriage fraud. We're talking about immigration fraud. We're about um, conspiracy to commit immigration fraud. These are these are crimes that do not have a statute of limitations. Oops, sorry, I hit my mic. Have a statute of limitations like marriage fraud. It has now been confirmed that they, it's like a 99.9998% biological match that they are siblings, that Ilhan Omar married her sibling. Tucker Carlson finally covered it last night. Let's listen to a little bit of this, cut number 19. So it's been known for quite a while that Ilhan Omar apparently married her own brother to help him gain entry illegally into the country. That's a violation of immigration law. That actually happened, it turns out. And now we're learning the FBI had evidence to confirm it, but didn't do anything about it. Miranda Devine is an actual journalist. She works at the New York Post, where she writes a column. She joins us tonight to explain what exactly happened. Miranda, thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure, Tucker. Well, uh, some uh, basically Republican operatives um, up in Minnesota decided to spend uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on private investigators to really find out if Ilhan Omar was a genetic match, uh, the DNA match, to uh, the man who was her second husband. Um, they went to three continents. Uh, they found a cigarette butt and a drinking straw which uh, they decided, they sent it to an, a DNA laboratory and found conclusively uh, that the DNA matched, that the second husband was a sibling, uh, according to this DNA sample. So um, the, the very day that they were going to unleash this on the world, and in fact I was interviewing one of the people involved, um, the FBI swooped on uh, the, the gentleman, Anton Lazaro, from this, uh, this Republican uh, pack up in Minnesota um, and arrested him on some different charges. Uh, who knows whether, you know, he's guilty or not guilty. I mean, he's not guilty until uh, proven, but he's in jail. And so his story never got oh. to see the light of day. I mean, luckily, he'd, he'd uh, told the FBI they were not interested. They told him the statute of limitations had run out. We managed to see the website before he took it down, before he was arrested, and managed to report the story such as it was. I wonder, I just kind of spitballing here, what will be more shocking to her fellow liberals? The fact that the fact that Ilhan Omar had an incestuous marriage to her own brother or that she smokes cigarettes. Which will they be more stunned by? <laughs> Definitely the latter. And they've got photographs yeah. of her smoking the cigarettes, so I don't think that's, uh, that's at all in doubt. Yeah, incest is just a kind of alternate lifestyle, but smoking a cigarette, <laughs> that's immoral. Uh, so just to be totally clear, she did marry her brother, we know that. Not only repulsive, but illegal, it's fraud. She's not been indicted, she's not gonna be indicted. That's totally cool now. Well, the FBI was told uh, by one of uh, these associates of these people that found the information uh, and was just told no, that the uh, they've just decided the statute of limitations has run out on marriage fraud, even though there's no statute of limitations on immigration fraud. Yeah, or on smoking cigarettes, apparently. Randy Devine, great to see you tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Tucker. Hey, Sean Hannity Pretty here. Hey, click here to subscribe stuff. to Fox. Pretty stunning stuff. There is technically a statute of limitations on marriage fraud. But Tucker's right. There is no statute of limitations on immigration fraud. If you immigrate to this country illegally, you can be deported 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years later. That'd be a little hard, but I guess you could be brought here illegally as a baby. You could be deported. There's no statute of limitations on it. There's also no statute of limitations 
on accessory to immigration fraud, which is what Ilhan Omar would be, defrauding the United States government. And even if the statute of limitations is technically expired on the easy to prove stuff, she's a sitting congresswoman, a sitting congresswoman. So <laughs> rules for thee, not for thee. She can break law after law after law. They can have her dead to rights, but they're not going to prosecute her because one of the crimes, statute of limitations expired. Meanwhile, I mean, we see the people at the Capitol, they're throwing the book at them. Every possible crime they can entertain, even like think up, they're throwing it at the insurrectionists, the conservatives who are still behind bars today. Everything from shouting really loudly in the Capitol. Yeah, there, there are some people who've been charged with that. Shouting really loudly in the Capitol when they're not supposed to be there. It's an extra charge. But no, with Ilhan Omar, she can defraud the United States government get her brother into the country by illegally marrying him so that then he can take advantage of other benefits like like government subsidized uh, schooling, education. But no, we're just going to let that go. Let that go. And pretty interesting though, the way they describe it, a, a, a hunt over three continents. And what they ultimately got was they got her cigarette butt and they got his drinking straw. And then the other part of it, the guy who did it all, Right after he published it, got arrested, I think it, it was for um, child sex trafficking. It's like so out there, so out there, which I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but it doesn't change the lab report, right? And it, it makes you wonder, why did they arrest the guy right after he published this? Why? If you know that someone's involved in child sex trafficking, you should arrest them as soon as you freaking can. Not only after they publish lab results proving that a sitting congresswoman married her brother to take advantage of the immigration system. Incredible, incredible stuff. But, but on that same vein, taking advantage of the immigration system is something that has been happening for a long time with the asylum system, refugee system. It's something that Obama tried to take advantage of with, with, with Biden. They are now changing the asylum rules. They just announced this yesterday. It's, it's the topic of our facts blast. So if you want to fight back against this, this is the time. It's, it's, this is one of those now or never moments. I put the facts blast in the comments section on Facebook, DLive, Twitch, and Conservative-Daily. Let's set this up so you can understand what I'm talking about. The asylum system, broken. Very broken. The part that's broken is there's too many people and not enough immigration judges. Right. So I went back and I looked at the most recent numbers. The most recent numbers is the the average wait time for an asylum seeker. The average amount of time that they have to wait before they finally get in front of an immigration judge is two years, seven months, which is why Biden's releasing them into the country. Right. When they come across the border, he's releasing them into the country with their notices to appear. And then the average takes two and a half years to get before a judge. And then they don't show up and they just disappear into the interior. Well, Biden was content with that just being the way it goes. The problem is now he wants to bring over 40,000 Afghan refugees and asylum seekers. So it kind of puts them in a really uncomfortable spot. There are 1.36 million asylum cases filed this year alone, this fiscal year alone in the United States. There was a backlog going into this year. So you're, you're talking about million, probably over 2 million asylum cases still waiting to be heard 
flying in 40, 50,000 Afghan refugees, put, you just put them in the back of the line, they're going to be waiting years, years to have their, their claims heard. So Biden says, okay, we can't do that. Can't do that. So the change they are rolling out, go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer, is this. They are calling it, I want to make sure I get this right. They are calling it the justice, the proposed rulemaking to make asylum process, it should be make the asylum process, make asylum process more efficient and ensure fairness. So let's go ahead and take it down. What they're doing is people who come into the country from this moment on illegally file their asylum claims or seek refugee status. They will no longer be put before an immigration judge. Instead, they will go before an Obama, a Biden official, a USCIS, I forget the actual acronym. Um, yeah, USCIS, a United States Citizenship and Immigration Services Asylum Officer, and they will adjudicate the claim. So it won't go before an impartial judge. It'll go before a Biden administration official who has been told, let, let them in. So when they go before one of these USCIS officials, that official will then decide whether they come into the country or not. If on the off chance that the USCIS official denies their claim, they can then appeal before the judge and they get put in the back of the asylum backlog. <clears throat> there is no appeals process to look over whether the officer was right to let them into the country. So want to make sure you understand it's it's complicated it, it's in the weeds it's not particularly sexy but this is the destruction of the republic happening right in front of our eyes when an illegal alien or an afghan refugee land or arrive on u.s soil they will they will claim i'm in fear for my life and instead of being put through the process of going before a judge they will be put in a room with a biden administration official who will then get to decide whether they stay or go and the only appeal, the only oversight in this entire process is when the a Biden official says no. There is no way for a judge to step in and say you shouldn't have said yes. So what's going to happen? You're going to have 30, 40, 50,000 Afghan refugees admitted into the United States without their claims being properly adjudicated, without the proper vetting. And we talked about this yesterday. I mean, what do you... How are you going to vet people? These people, the way you vet an asylum seeker or refugee to make sure they are who they say they are and make sure they don't have a criminal record is you call their home country and you say, hey, I have Mohammed bin Mohammed here and I need his criminal record to see if it's safe to bring him into the United States. So one of two things happen if they actually make that call. They call the Afghan government and there is no government anymore, so there's no one there to answer the phone. Or they call the Afghan government and it's a Taliban official picking up the phone. So the entire vetting process is dependent on the Taliban official giving the truth or helping the United States avoid terrorists entering our country. This is a problem we had with Syria. Impossible to vet these people. And unfortunately, Obama let some radicals in, as we've seen. So, you know, these people won't be vetted. I'm sure there's some where we'll have some information on them. They've worked with the United States military before. Translators, that's great. Bring them in. I'll also mention that <laughs> there's a very uncomfortable number of Afghan soldiers who turned their weapons on Americans and shot them dead. So just, just the fact that they wore the Afghan army uniform doesn't mean that they're just trustworthy to walk down the street next to us.
And that's what this all comes down to. We want to help people. We want to help the world. The United States is the most generous country in the history of the world. And we can, 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 we can continue to do so. But we have to do it from the position of America first, of protecting Americans first. The fact that Joe Biden is now changing the asylum rules, not just for the border, but for these Afghan refugees, to allow them to be expedited without full vetting, knowing the consequences of letting Taliban or, or any other radical into the country, it's shameful. It's shameful. There has to be a way for the U.S. government to help these people without just saying we're going to expedite the process and not do the full vetting. There has to be a way. And listen, when an administration does this and they go too far, the check is through Congress, which is why we're running a fax blast today. Link, I put it in the comments section. Um, it's also on our email newsletter. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you check out that link in the description and do so because this is this is important stuff. It's not sexy. I get it. It's not sexy. It's not going to be, oh, wow, this is, a, this is exciting. Oh, proposed rulemaking. But this is how government is run. And it's the little things like this, the little changes like this, that can truly change the trajectory of the country. So join our Facts Plus today. Put a stop to this. Not to put a stop to helping people, but put a stop to this Biden plan to just let everyone in. No vetting, no questions asked. So join our Facts Plus today. And, uh, and help us put a stop to this. Because it's not just the Afghans. This is also going to be at the border. It's the whole world. Just come to the United States. Claim that you're in fear for your life. And, and a Biden administration will just let you, official will just let you stay. Incredible, incredible stuff. So I was hoping that we were going to have time to talk about New York. Probably have to save a little bit of that for tomorrow. New York's vaccine mandate went into effect. And New York's vaccine mandate has no exception for people with medical conditions, people who have um, religious um, religious objections to the vaccine or deeply held um, ethical objections to the vaccine. Remember, I, I said on, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, um, we're all ethical vegans now. Anyone who lives in, in the UK, just become an ethical vegan. And you won't have to get vaccinated. Well, New York now is requiring that everyone who wants to go inside, pretty much go inside any business. I'm sure there are some exceptions, but like restaurants, I think the bowling alleys was on the list. You have to be vaccinated. And you all, the same goes if you want to work there. So there are lawsuits being filed right now because there's no medical exception. There's no any of that. But I saw this. This was a video from, of all places, an art gallery where the, the man in charge of the art gallery it's saying he's not going to check people's vaccine status because it's it's discriminatory and he, and he wasn't raised that way. This is kind of a shock because if, if you expect the pushback to this, you do not expect it to be from the owners of art galleries. But we will take it wherever we can find it. This was a good clip. Want to play it for you? Let's play cut number twenty. I'm saying that it feels like discriminating against certain people. I'm saying that it actually is discriminating against certain people. Uh, and that's not how I was raised, and I don't intend to do that. Great answer. Great answer. I wasn't raised. I wasn't taught to discriminate against people, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to check people's vaccine passports in order for them to come and view art. Listen, art, constitutionally protected. First Amendment protected. Art, free speech. The other part of the First Amendment is you have the right to look at art. Right? It, First Amendment, free speech. It's not free speech if you're talking to yourself. Free speech, there has to be someone listening too. So the right to listen, to take in protected speech is equally protected. 
And they did. Oh no, you're not allowed to go see art unless you, unless you get vaccinated. There's no, there's no little asterisk in the uh, in the First Amendment that says does not apply if there's a respiratory virus and the individual chooses not to get an experimental vaccine. There's no little caveat. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that more tomorrow. Ran out of time today, but uh, really do appreciate everyone. Um, Joe is traveling, so hopefully he'll be on the podcast tomorrow. Um, high hopes that he will. Until then, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to all the places that we have it. It's available on Facebook, conservative-daily.com, DLive, Twitch, CloudHub, soon to be Frank Speech. All we go live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So check that, check it out there, bookmark it. But also make sure you subscribe to the audio version. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. Wherever you get audio podcasts, get it there. It's important, though, because that's how we prove the numbers to our advertisers. They don't care about how many downloads we had on CloudHub. They they care about audio downloads because that's what they can measure. So please, even if you watch the live version, please also do subscribe to the audio version so we can prove those numbers out. As I said, if you text the word FREEDOM to 89517, you'll get added to our text alert system. That goes out every day, a little bit before or shortly after. It's hard. Our list is so big. I don't want to send out the text half an hour before and have people waiting half an hour. So we sent, we start sending it out about 10 to 12 minutes before show airs. Um, it's been working pretty well. But if you haven't already, text the word freedom to 89517. You'll get added to that list. Also, join our email newsletter. Very important. That's how you get the fax blast. That's how you can get the updates from us by email. That link is in the description as well. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country, it isn't over yet. It's not. And even though all this is going on, we'll recover. We have to. But the fight isn't over. There's going to be a serious fight. And I hope all of you are ready to fight because it's not looking good. See you tomorrow, guys.